Hi, this is Gary Means, and if you like Chalk Talk, like I like Chalk Talk, I hope that you will be chalked and amazed as we get started. Welcome and thanks for joining Chalked and Amazed. Our first guest on the program is a man who's very near and dear to my heart, a very special friend. His name is Gary Means. He's the man who got me introduced to chalk art back in 1996. Gary, thanks for joining us on the program today. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Gary, let the listeners know where you're located in the country. I'm uh, in a little town called uh, Baden, Pennsylvania, about 20 miles out of Pittsburgh, home of the world champion Steelers. How long have you lived there? Uh, 35 years. Gary, I want to look back in history for just a moment. What was your first exposure to uh, chalk art, and how was it that you got involved in it? very first time was when I was a little child. Uh, My parents took me to a church service where there was a chalk artist, and my real, uh, really the first time that I was interested in doing it was after I had um, visited with a man uh, whose name was Bill Leach. He was at a camp camp here in our area, and I was just getting out of high school, and uh, went out and saw him every night, and uh, he encouraged me, and here we are today. So you've been involved in chalk how many years? Fifty-one. Fifty-one. That's the first time I drew a picture. <laughs> so you celebrated your golden anniversary as a yes, chalker last already. Last year, last year, yes. Congratulations! I wish I had yes. known. I'd have sent you a card, honestly. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> this is good enough. So, Bill Leach uh, was your first exposure. Did you have any special mentors or teachers in chalk along the way? Not really. I had uh, when I had seen a couple of chalk artists in my childhood. I didn't really know who they were, but uh, I my first. Um, first time I was able to find a book was by George Sweeting, and uh, it was uh, You Can Be a Chalk Artist, and uh, actually I built my first easel myself from a, a blueprint that he sent me out of his book, and uh, of course he became, uh, he's very much involved in the chalk ministry, he was, he was a chalk evangelist at that time in the, mid, in the late 50s. So were there any other teachers besides... Uh... Bill Leach and, uh, and not really. Sweetie. I was just re- looking at the books and uh, co- you know copying ideas out of the books that I could find. There were a few of them at that time, but uh, I just I really have to give God the credit because he had he had given me the basic uh, elements that uh, were being fostered by meeting these people and watching somebody else work. And uh, basically, I just learned by doing it. My very first chalk talks uh, that I actually did in the youth group in my church, uh, my girlfriend, who is now my wife of 48 years, uh, she used to do the, uh, she would do the speaking while I did the chalking. And uh, what would have been that, about approximately the first year when that happened for you? Uh, we, we were going together in high school, and uh, we were going together about six years, so that would have been in the, late 50s, uh, 59, 60, and in that area. So you actually were were one of the early pioneers in chalk art, wouldn't you say? Well, I had had, uh, uh, started to hear from some uh, guys out in the West Coast, out in uh, um, Jerry's Wall and several other ones that were very involved uh, in uh, Southern California. And in our first few years of marriage, I... 
uh, was in touch with some of them through the Christian Artist uh, newsletter. Right. So I was picking up on some of those folks out on the West Coast. But at one point then, uh, I had an opportunity to go out to visit my wife's parents and actually was able to draw with them at one point in Southern California. So that was um, that was probably in the that was in the 60s, early 60s. Wow. Well, you're certainly a veteran of chalk art, no doubt about it. Oh, uh, lots of dust. Yeah. <laughs> lots of nubs along the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, w- was there a time when you managed to get to a chalk art conference uh, or some classes at some some sort of a function where you um, you know really got a broader picture of chalk art? Like there are a few of those out today. How about back then? No, there was nothing available. Nothing. Of course, we didn't even have the internet then. And uh, we still had black and white TVs, you know. But uh, no, I actually, uh, and I was just thinking, in about 1972, uh, 73, I actually uh, met somebody uh, at a uh, local Christian bookstore. And they knew that I found out somehow that I was doing chalk talks, and they talked me into doing, a, doing a, uh, some lessons. And so I had about four or five people started coming uh, right after I built my uh, garage. And my first chalk art seminars were out in my garage, my backyard. And that's about probably 72, 73 in that neighborhood somewhere. So you launched, actually, some of the earliest yeah. uh, chalk conferences or teachings. I started the chalk program at uh, Fellowship of Christian Magicians. What year would that have been? That would have been in uh, 70, 75. 76. What was it that drew you that direction? Somebody somebody knew, uh, somebody had heard about me uh, from the FCM, Fellowship of Christian Magicians, and sent me a letter and let me know that they were meeting up in Machias, New York, which is about, uh, about 150 miles from me where I live here. And I was in uh, sales work then, so I uh, scheduled some sales calls up that way one day and just went up and introduced myself they were having their their uh, conference and um uh fellow from um ohio was uh doing some drawings i got to see him draw and uh they invited me to uh, meet with uh, they invited me to the next conference which was uh, the first year it was at winona lake indiana and i went that year just flew out took my easel and flew out and did a program one night and came back and went back to work but that was the beginning of about 20 some years of involvement there but uh we uh we just sort of started uh started uh as we had the uh the uh, shindig out there every year uh we just started one year and advertised that we were going to do chalk art and uh, we just got it started along with puppetry and a lot of the other things that got started during that era so what was it that got you started uh, on your own, doing your own uh, private, uh, you know, chalk classes and conferences? Well, in 19, 1975, uh, I, I was working, uh, I was selling uh, art supplies for craft tent manufacturing out of Cleveland, Ohio. And um, I just, uh, during 1975, the, the business was starting to get a little rough, and I knew that I was going to have to make some choices. So during that year, uh, I, my wife and I just went to prayer about it and decided that maybe this was a good time to make the make the uh, leap into full-time service. So um, 
basically I lined up a few places during the latter part of the year, and then by November I was uh, we were on the road doing evangelism. Our first um, church uh, series of church services was in Lansdowne, Maryland, outside of Baltimore, and uh, we uh, uh, that was I literally resigned my job on one on a Friday and left Saturday morning on our first uh, first week of meetings. And we've been busy ever since. So you were not out there doing chalk art part time and then transitioned into full time. You just sort of started. No, full-time. I was. Yeah, no, I was doing. I was all. I for probably nineteen years. Uh, I did it in a, in, as I was working in, in my work in various jobs. I was actually working on the weekends, ministering uh, in churches around my local area. I wasn't traveling a great deal, just in western Pennsylvania. I see. So you so were. It was about nineteen years before I made the move. So uh, weekend warrior for almost two decades, and then that's then you transitioned to full time, right? And uh, I'm sorry, what year was that that you went full time? Do you think 19 uh, the uh, November of 19 or yeah 1975? What's your typical program look like that you're presenting today? Well, I, uh, I've always uh, done uh, full color scenes of. Um, uh, they're usually connected somewhere with with a Bible uh, lesson or a theme, uh, except uh, when folks do not want anything uh, religious, so to speak. So I do a combination of uh, uh, what most people call entertainment and and devotional right. uh, presentations. When I say full color, uh, uh, I I do a complete picture in about 22 minutes and use black light. And uh, all the all the uh, spatial effects, colored colored lighting, rheostat um, control, colored lighting, and uh, finishing up with a black light scene. I do a few phantom scenes with the hidden pictures, but um, I work in I work in so many different situations that I cannot always depend on having the right uh, lighting conditions. So I don't uh, I try to try not to be. Uh, enslaved to have having to have the right uh situation in order to do my presentation sure i've been in that situation yeah. a few times yeah. myself so yeah. you say that not all of your programs are gospel in nature some of them are are secular uh what would that breakdown be would you say average in a year oh um probably nowadays maybe half and half all right uh our traveling has uh as after traveling for 30 some years um Traveling gets a little a little rough now. You don't look forward to it like you once did. Right. And uh, um, I'm doing not doing as many many uh, presentations per se, but I do have my busy times. Summers are changing quite a bit. My wife and I used to do at least uh, six to ten uh, vacation Bible school programs in a summer, and uh, this year we only had one. But uh, that was not because we have cut back. It's just uh, the nature of the way things are going. Right. You say uh, your wife, her name is Marty. Marty. And she's been a part of your programs all yes. along the way. Yeah, she does ventriloquism. Uh-huh. And we do puppets together. We have a puppet quartet that we do. That We do that often just for, uh, just for general um, fun things of, of singing the old southern gospel. Just two of us using tape music. <laughs> nice. Uh, Gary, can you tell me what the general process is that you use uh, when you're developing new chalk drawings? Well, 
sometimes, uh, for instance, just recently uh, we have been doing, um, every year we've been doing a Bible school out in Ohio, about 70 miles from where we live, and each year uh, they have a theme with five different uh, subjects for the week. And so that uh, causes me to do some research and try to come up with a scene for each one of these lessons. And uh, so that keeps me on my toes. But I have, uh, as most most jock artists do, they have their their group of uh, scenes that they do. Their signature group, right? Signature group, yeah. And um, uh, I've always tried to not just uh, get into a rut with having a half a dozen or a dozen presentations. Probably in my, my cases of tapes, I probably have a couple hundred scenes that I've done over the years. And uh, some of them maybe do them, I've done them t- a couple times. Other ones uh, that become uh, favorites, and I do them quite frequently. But um, I, don't, I just don't, I just never came up with a, 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 maybe a couple dozen and just keep doing them because I get called back quite a bit to, to the same location, so I don't like to do the same scenes. Sure. And I, I attribute this to the fact that the Lord has given me a, a mind that's uh, able to um, visualize stories and try to put them, you know, take them from the printed page. Uh, sometimes music is the, is the um, uh, element that gets me, uh, gets me started in a new, a new idea. But uh, just working with them, uh, sometimes I think I have a really great idea and get in front of the audience and it doesn't really go anywhere. So sometimes I just leave it alone and come back later change a couple songs or something or the scene and all of a sudden it's uh it's working in your whole toolbox uh so to speak of of drawings what would be a couple of your favorites that you like to do the most i have one called uh, it's who you know that counts and that one came from a, a quartet group here in pennsylvania and uh it's taught you know the song talks about people know uh, important people and stars and all that, but it's who you know in Jesus that makes a difference. And that one, uh, I actually had, was, had been doing a scene of um, that had been uh, inspired by another piece of music, uh, He's Gone, by uh, Regeneration, which was a group years ago, the traveling group. And um, it was sort of the story of Jesus' life, and uh, the song indicates that uh, this who sings the is singing the uh, lead in it uh, he they go to Bethlehem and they're looking for Jesus and he said well he's not here he's gone he's gone to uh, he's gone to um, um, Galilee and it's a whole whole story of Jesus clear up to the crucifixion and resurrection and then he's going to heaven and then his return but as this music as this one piece of music is going I'm actually uh, putting in the elements, like the, he goes to Bethlehem, and I put a big star in the sky. And, but in the center of the picture, I actually do a, a full face of Jesus looking straight at the audience. And so that's been probably one of my signature ones for years, and it's gone through changes because I hear, like I said, I heard um, the Jacobs brothers do uh, It's Who You Know That Counts, and uh, so I made another soundtrack 
and I use that with my kid, with kids and teens, because it has a you know it has a more um, upbeat theme to it. Sure. Well, you mentioned your soundtracks. Can you give me an idea of what method you use? Uh, I'm still using tapes. You're still using tapes? So, yeah, I'm still using tapes. So I've got so many that in order to put these all, you know, to do them all on, on CDs, it uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now. Right. I'm, I'm getting up in years, but who knows? I could last another 20 or 30 years. I don't know. Well, now this is being recorded on... Uh, Independence Day, July 4th, yes. uh, 2009. Do you mind sharing how old are you today? I'm uh, 67. 67. So as you put together your soundtracks, uh, what's your setup look like? You have a mixer of some sort, I assume? And Actually, I have a, I have a TAC that's over 40 years old. I just had to quit using it because one of the channels dropped out. <laughs> and it was a very good, very good machine, very heavy machine, and I had a... I had a uh, electronics guy here in Pittsburgh who kept it running for me until he went out of business. In fact, the last time I took it, he said, don't bring this back. I can't get parts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I did. I was able to find a couple more dual um, tape decks through uh, a company here in Pennsylvania. And so I'm able to still keep going with uh, my tapes. And I had a friend in Florida. We usually spend 12 weeks in Florida in the wintertime going to churches and so forth. And they had switched over to uh, CDs in their church, so uh, he said, "Hey, I was going to throw some uh, tapes out here. Do you want them?" So I had got a uh, hundred tapes just like that. So I'm in business for a while. All right, no, no immediate plans to transition all your Not stuff really. over. To the Not CD. really. <laughs> hey, uh, Gary, tell me why, why chalk art? What is it about chalk that uh, compels and, and captures you? Well, I think that I think it's a very strong medium because. Um, if you're dealing with young uh, young people or children, uh, what kid doesn't like to to sketch or color? And everybody, even though uh, they may not have a whole lot of talent, it, it seems like most children and young people even like to uh, like to take something and and draw a picture with it. I think the combination of uh, doing something in front of an audience that they've never seen done before is a very positive thing. Uh, sort of similar to folks going to see magicians work, you know, how do they do that? And uh, my co- when I was first introduced to the Fellowship of Christian Magicians, uh, the comment I had from some of the some of the folks there was that uh, you're more of a magician than we are because you actually create something from nothing. <laughs> so sure. I, I guess uh, there's something to be said about that. But I think it. I think when uh, in order to communicate in this day and age, of course. You know, if you don't get it get it set in a couple of minutes, uh, people lose interest. But nevertheless, uh, when I'm drawing, uh, I have the house lights are off, and I have my easel bathed in bright uh, light, and there's no place else to look. And I've got music that uh, has all the lyrics, and the music that I choose has to do with the subject that I'm dealing with. And I don't know how much more... Uh, attention you can uh, expect from an audience uh, in any other media, actually. And people, and of course, people remember. I've, I've gone back to churches 10, 15 years later, and somebody comes up and they say, I can remember the picture you painted the last time you were here. And I often, I often think if I would have just spoken to these folks, they probably wouldn't have a clue what I said. 
You know, so it's powerful. Sure, absolutely. And uh, speaking of the drawings that you do, you leave them behind, obviously, with the, yes. with the uh, churches or wherever you happen to perform. How are they used most? Would you say by the host uh, group? Um, if we're there for uh, a series of meetings, maybe a weekend or Sunday through Wednesday, something like that, uh, I always encourage the pastor to um, uh, allow me to keep the keep each of the sketches until the last evening and have folks bring visitors. And the one who brings the most visitors gets to choose from all of the pictures rather than just taking the one that I happen to do that evening. I see. So I find it works very well because um, many times uh, folks will really bring visitors in and that helps the church to um, expand their outreach. And uh, as, as an artist and as uh, as a speaker, it encourages. Uh, I'm encouraged by the fact people want to come and see me draw the picture. <laughs> How many of the pictures that uh, you've given away over the years would you think have actually ended up in frames, <laughs> hanging up on somebody's <laughs> wall? Well, I know there's there's quite a quite a number. I know uh, of. Uh, I see them when I go to churches, and I know from notes that I get that people have them framed and have them in their homes. But uh, I, I've always said I wish I had five dollars for each one that's rolled up in a in a closet, a closet. or in a in an attic somewhere. I could probably be very wealthy. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. How, speaking of which, how many? You have any idea at all how many total uh, the number of drawings that you have done over the years? Have you tried to keep any kind of track? No, I just I I guesstimate that I probably do a hundred and fifty a year. Okay. Times 50 years, so we can do the yeah. math, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think of the way that uh, people are being exposed to chalk art today? And what, uh, from what standpoint? Well, I look back in history, and it seems, and I could be wrong, but it seems that chalk art at one time uh, was a bigger kind of uh, performance art uh, well, used uh, within the church. Yeah, I think in the church, uh, probably in the 30s, late 30s and 40s, it was very popular. Uh, Also, turn of the century, uh, uh, the uh, Chautauqua programs that were very prevalent in some parts of our country, uh, and the the theater, early theater art, uh, when they would do the... um, trying to think of some of the but anyhow uh in the early in entertainment you know when entertainment was all live uh if they were doing stage presentations i uh, what i'm going to share now is from some books that i've read over the years uh when they would change the um, setting on a stage you know for presentation maybe they were setting up a band or something or music or dance or something they would have what they call blackout artists that would come to the edge, the front edge of the stage. And usually these were temp- some of these were temporary places that were set up out in the rural area, maybe in a barn or something. And uh, they would just douse the lights for a couple minutes in the background and change things around while this artist would do some trick drawings or do a scene with chalk. And that's the earliest form that I know of it. And uh, it... it uh, served the purpose of keeping folks entertained while they were changing the sets or uh, uh, moving props around so that there you know so that they wouldn't be distracted so that was the earliest and 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 basically if you go back to the 
the scriptures, Jesus was the first chalk artist. Yes, he was. Because he drew in the sand, drew in the dust. Right. And that's, uh, that's one of our brown colors that we use all the time. For sure. Well, uh, would you say that chalk art is, is it safe to say that chalk art is primarily a church kind of uh, skill or event or talent? Or, uh, I think I think that's the way it's uh, way it's viewed. I know that the many of the chalk artists that I have known were uh, connected with Baptist churches. I think there are certain denominations that were more open for it. Uh, I do many different denominations because I've been in my area so long, uh, anything from Baptist to Catholic churches, and uh, I'm able to communicate with each one of them. And uh, that brings up another another facet is that... um, I try, I try not to get into doctrinal things with my presentation. I try to illustrate the scripture because who can argue, who can argue with that? And uh, so, uh, unless I'm working with my own church, my own denomination, I know what uh, I know what they, you know, what their their beliefs are and what they will put up with. But uh, I always try to put myself in the in the audience uh, from the perspective of the audience because sometimes uh, some of the younger younger folks that I've had in my workshops here in Pittsburgh, uh, they want to do their own music and have their, you know, their very contemporary things. And I try to explain to them, that's okay as long as your audience is in the same mindset as you are. But if you go to uh, a uh, retirement village and, and use, uh, use uh, some really off-the-wall music, you're not going to impress those folks. Probably not too much. Not too much. They might put up with you one time, but you probably won't get a call back. Now, I've spent a lot of time on the Internet looking for chalk artists being used exclusively in, in the secular world, and I'm, not, I'm finding a couple of folks that are out there using uh, chalk in, in such a capacity. I know most chalk artists have some programs that they can do for you know, the Lions Club or the Rotary or some other group that is you know, secular in nature, mm-hmm. but I don't know of... But maybe one or two chalk artists who use chalk exclusively for secular um, entertainment. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I know they're uh, what's becoming really popular are these sidewalk chalk, the sidewalk artists. Right, the three D drawings. Yeah, the three D guys, and uh, um, and and of course that's all viewed with a different uh, in a different genre altogether because it's pure entertainment and. Uh, and there's there's something to be said, and I've often mentioned this to folks that come to my workshop here in Pittsburgh, uh, that some of them come thinking that oh I have to pre- I have to present the, the word of God every time I draw, and uh, several of my students that have been coming for years are just very staunchly uh, in their belief that when they use the chalk it has to be a, a sacred uh, meeting, you know. And I, I've tried to get across to them, and I get phone calls from women's clubs and, and groups that uh, one of the questions they ask me when they call me, they said, do you have a clean program? Because much of the entertainment... <laughs> clean is, program? A clean program. Okay. Because much of the entertainment that you find in the Yellow Pages is um, tends to be a little bit on the on the raunchy cutting edge. So why do you suppose it is? Uh, do you have a theory as to why the secular world has not picked up on chalk art and uses it, you know, to the same effect that we do? Um, 
Why, why aren't more well, entertainers I, out there using chalk? I, I don't really know because um, uh, I find myself, well, for instance, um, just recently within the last month or so, um, I got a call from a gal that, uh, that saw me about um, two, probably about two years ago at another presentation where I was doing a program for a corporation uh, here in Pittsburgh. And she called me up and uh, said, uh, I'd like for you to come to my wedding reception. And I thought, really? <laughs> and, uh, and she says, yeah. And we talked a little bit about it. And that's about a year, maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. And all of a sudden I got a call um, oh, last, around last Christmas. And here was this gal. And she said, well, we're getting married. And I still want you to come and uh, have a presentation at my wedding reception. And, uh, and so... Um, we worked out. Uh, she told me what it was, what the situation was going to be, and I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll do it." And so it was very interesting because uh, it almost opened up a new uh, area for me to work in. Because I don't know whether you've ever been to many weddings, but there's quite a, a lull between the ceremony and when everybody arrives for the for the uh, uh, reception. And so we were in a uh, a uh, motel here in the Pittsburgh area, and uh, she had hired somebody to play the piano uh, for while these folks were showing up, and of course they had a. Uh, even though they had a church wedding, they still had uh, had some refreshments available for folks, and uh, so um, I talked to her. I said, "Well, what what pictures would you want?" And at first she said, um, "Well, how about uh, I have you do uh, my my parents' house and my fiance's parents' house?" So. Um, that's what I was going with for uh, at the first, and then when it, when it came down to the time to do it, she called and she said, "You know what? I'm going to have you do a picture of a uh, scene of Pittsburgh for my dad, who's a Steelers fan, and my fiance's um, parents, who like to go to Aruba and uh, do a scene there." So that's what I did. I just did two scenes, and I did one as the folks were coming, and one for after the. Um, uh, after they had eaten and had their had their uh, their special events of the of the uh, reception, and uh, it was really pretty interesting. And uh, both sets of parents were de- delighted they had a picture to take home. What what sort of response did you get from the other people there attending? I had little little groups that gathered around and had their had their uh, refreshments, and they just sat, stood around and watched me paint for a while and. Uh, uh, course i didn't have my music and everything and i had plenty of time i probably had an hour and a half okay just a toy around with the picture so i just did one scene and when it was finished i took a little break while they were having their having the dinner and then uh, started another one and then the folks started coming out and gathering around a little bit so it was interesting you know it's always been a mystery to me in the secular world you have um gospel ventriloquists and you have secular ventriloquists gospel magicians secular magicians you've got gospel chalk artists and and you don't see very many secular chalk artists and no and i've never really quite understood it because it's such a powerful medium yeah and always gets such a strong response wherever yeah. uh you know it's presented that i look at it and think why i just don't understand why uh, more entertainers aren't using this in, in the secular world uh, I really don't have an answer. I've thought about it myself. I know that I'm, you know, like I said, over the years, I've been doing more and more what I call entertaining. But in many cases, um, if 
if the chalk artist is willing to do it. Um, when when we have a ministry in a in a church, you know, you're you're got all kinds of folks there from different backgrounds, and most of my secular stuff comes out of being at a church. And somebody who, uh, well, for instance, I do the local fireman's uh, children's Christmas party. I've been doing it for years right here in my own area, and that's only because some somebody years ago saw me at their church and said, oh, we're going to have you come over and have something for the kids for Christmas. So a lot of my secular stuff comes out of, of being exposed uh, uh, at, at a church somewhere. So that's the, see, that's the connection. Uh, it, I think probably, uh, Carrie, the, the bottom line is uh, people have never seen it because it's just not being done in the secular area. So unless they've been to a church somewhere and seen it. And like I said, some, some folks uh, will not do entertaining pictures because they feel that their talent should be used for the Lord's work. But I'm thinking the Lord would, uh, would have gone, if he had been a chalk artist, he would have probably done something for the Pharisees on occasion, <laughs> <laughs> or the Sadducees or whatever. So do you think that the uh, pool of chalk artists that are out there, in the uh, gospel chalk artist, is, is it growing or is it shrinking today? I think it's growing because of the Internet. I think it's more available. You know, those people are able to see it. If they've never seen it in person, at least they can, you know, they can go online and with the chalk guy, uh, Ben Glenn, and stuff like that. And uh, I, I know you you have a, you have a site, don't you? Chalkedandamazed.com. Chalkedandamazed, <laughs> that's what I thought. I just thought we'd throw that plug in here. Oh, thanks. I, I appreciate it, friend. So, okay. so you think there are more chalk artists today than there were back uh, in, in your day, back yeah. in the 60s, 70s? So, uh, I would say there's more of more interest. I don't know where there's any more actually performing, you know, like on a full-time basis. Right. What do you think uh, we can do to improve the growth of chalk art as a ministry form? In other words, how can we bring in new blood, do you think? Just keep doing what we're doing and do it the best we can. And uh, as I said, uh, uh, I get calls uh, from people that that uh, have never seen this done. In other words, uh, somebody will, well, I got a call from a man right before I left uh, this year to go south. Um, the uh, Pennsylvania State Police are going to have a conference here in the Pittsburgh area. And somebody told one of the fellows in charge of entertaining, entertainment, about me. And he called me up and he told me a situation. And I, he said, could you uh, do something for a bunch of retired state police? And I said, I think I can do that. So that's coming up uh, next year, not even this year. It's a whole year ahead. Sure. Oh. So um, I, I think it has to do with, with we who are, are ministering in churches because of uh, I think that's where it can grow too, if if we're willing to go and do things uh, supposedly secular. But you know, in reality, uh, if somebody sees me at a church, more than likely, when it comes time to do an entertaining presentation for their group, um, I usually ask them, "Do you want me to do um, an, a devotional scene or an entertaining?" And usually, and I usually do two scenes when I at each, at, uh, except for church services where I'm speaking for a while and then doing a presentation uh, in chalk. Uh, when I'm just doing an entertainment, I do two scenes, so it takes about uh, well about 50 minutes 
with a little introduction for each one and the drawing and so forth. So um, I think um, just uh, being available for to reach folks in a secular setting uh, gives us an opportunity to reach unreached people with uh, with a message. I think that's uh, I think that's true, and one of the other ways um, that I know works uh, as far as bringing in fresh blood and new students and new new chalkers is to offer your experience and skills as a teacher, which you do. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. How are uh, what do your classes look like, and how often do you have them? Where are they held? Well, uh, last year I I had I just uh, I was involved at the uh, Fellowship of Christian Magicians convention, and then with the artists the chalk arts convention up in Gall Lake, Michigan, which will come around again uh, probably next August, a year from now. Uh, but uh, uh, we just um, it's um, it's the folks that come to my workshop are folks that have been coming for years here in Pittsburgh. So you don't see new faces very often then? I see new faces. Uh, maybe one they'll come for a couple of years, and then I don't hear from them anymore. And then I have the other, other core group that comes every year. They're coming for probably three reasons. The fellowship that we've had over the years, and you, you were aware of that when you came. Yes, I've been to two, and, two of yours in Baden. Yes. And so I have, uh, we have the fellowship of getting together for two days. Uh, they usually need supplies, which I have available, and they're looking for new ideas uh, for, for new pictures. So those are the three elements that, that, uh, that I've noticed over these years. How many students would you say you've had over the years, Gary? Uh, I've probably had 100, I don't know, probably in that era. I've had I've had folks that have come for a few years and then you know they they trail off or move away. Uh, some that have come, I, I probably have a core group of maybe ten that almost come every year. A few of those are dropping off now because of age and and uh, health problems and so forth. So over the years, do you have any that um, in your mind stand out who have moved on and done? You know, a lot with chalk or... Uh, there was one guy, Kerry. Well, no, I'm not fishing, no. <laughs> <laughs> who, who? No, I've had, I've had a few, yeah, that have... That have uh, in fact, I just got a... Uh, uh, one of my earliest students, when I... Like I told you a little while ago, when I had it in my uh, garage, I had a fella from the Pittsburgh area here. I just got a book from him uh, about a month ago. Uh, he got really interested in... Um, in chalk art, he's a pastor, and uh, he's he started teaching. And he was living in West Virginia now, and, and now he's living down in the southern states. But I'd lost contact with him, and uh, all of a sudden I get this this book that he put together of, of children's sermonettes that he does in chalk. So uh, there's a few of those. So uh, c- can you remember some of the names? I might be interested in getting a hold there of them. It was uh, John Dodd, Reverend John Dodd. He's from, I think he's down in uh, South, North or South Carolina now, but uh, semi-retired. He's uh, in his, um, I think he's in his late 70s and still active in a church uh, doing uh, children's, real short children's uh, services. Really interesting little book. So, uh, and uh, I have uh, had a gal that's from Baltimore area, her and her husband run a lighthouse uh, um, 
ministry, and she she was very involved in chalk art. And of course, I have a gal from up in up in New York State, uh, Mrs. Bunky. She used to be a uh, a surgeon uh, uh, surgeon nurse. She actually was in uh, heavy surgery, and she uh, she was uh, just interested in doing chalk art. Her and her friend would come down every year. And uh, in fact, uh, I'll probably be down this year. And uh, she's always coming to get new ideas. She used to be a surgical nurse and just retired. So it's interesting, folks that I've been able to deal with. And I've got some young people, too, that have come along. I guess one fellow used to, um, young man, I went to our church. He he got involved. I don't think he's as, he's married now with some kids, but he uh, does a little bit of chalk art. But at least I got him started. And, of course, you provide uh, different resources for your students, too, that uh, they can take home and continue to study and read. Tell me about some of the uh, products that you offer or do you use. Well, we have uh, chalk and uh, paper, and um, uh, I I probably just had three um, DVDs made through uh, Mr. Legrand down in Winston-Salem, so I may, may get into some doing some reproductions of those uh, in in the next year or so. don't know. But um, right now, go ahead. I just wanted to ask, where would people go um, if they wanted to buy some of the... I know you've written some short booklets. uh, Yeah, I have a couple little books. I have one book called... uh, I have one book that uh, has an idea for a talk talk for each month of the year and uh, one about uh, the phantom scenes using invisible colors. Uh, it's called Visible Invisibles, and uh, and then I have one uh, chalk. Um, oh, what's my other one? Um, uh, gospel lines, just using uh, uh, these are real fast drawings on uh, newsprint, and they usually have a little magical uh, effect to them. They're called gospel lines. You maybe just teach one verse of scripture by drawing a very quick sketch with uh, large crayons. Or yeah. markers. And where can people go to secure these, buy these products from you? Uh, I don't have, I'm not online, but uh, I uh, get a lot of uh, the uh, Christian artists uh, in, um, I don't know what their their um, online thing is, but it's the ChristianArtist.com, I think. But also Eternity Arts, uh, Matt Bowman up in Michigan, He uh, he has, of course, he sells supplies himself, but uh, the other one, Christian Artist Magazine, and um, uh, he uh, has my order order blank on his uh, on his website. Matt Bowman does. Matt Bowman does. I uh, know. I'm asking you who who oh, has the no. order. Uh, the Christian Artist, and uh, I don't I don't know who's in charge of it right now. It's going through a transition, but uh, just uh, maybe try just Christian Artist. And uh, um, he's down uh, in Maryland, I think. I don't, I don't have that right in front of me right now to give you everything. And so, if people wanted to get an order blank from you, they could either write Just or call. They can write to me. Yes. Uh, would you share your address with us? Uh, One twenty-one Heath, like the candy bar, Heath Drive, Baden, B-A-D-E-N, Pennsylvania, one five zero zero five. Do you want to share I your? Still, I still carry chalk and uh, and and uh, 
paper and a few books. Okay, and you say David Legrand is going to begin carrying some uh, DVDs of your drawings, teaching drawings. Yeah, yeah. And that's... Uh, he's, he's sent me the he sent me the ones that he put together, and I haven't had a chance to uh, to go through them and and uh, okay them for reproduction. But uh, that could happen here in the next couple months. And that's uh, location for that is Chalkmart dot com, I believe. I think that is in Winston Salem, South Carolina, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, Gary, let me ask you this question. This is maybe a little esoteric, but uh, do you have any philosophy regarding chalk or, you know, some most significant thing that you've learned from chalk art over the years? Yeah, you can't paint a chalk picture without getting your hands dirty. <laughs> can, I quote, can I quote you on that? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, you just got I'll tell you what, uh, no matter uh, whether you have a DVD to look at or a book, until you pick up the chalk and start and start using it, uh, that's the only way you learn it. And uh, and and the fact, as I alluded a little little bit, I think the Lord has given me a, a, an extra talent to vi- be able to visualize things. And uh, because I I've, I've picked that up over the years from the folks coming to my workshop, that uh, they're you know they're coming basically. Uh, I'm not going to teach them in 12 hours. How you know to be proficient in this? I just the ideas is what is what they're really looking for, you know, the concept of, of illustrating something. Gary, why do you think that uh, chalk art has not been offered in universities or colleges as a regular course in their fine arts or their performing arts division? I, I know Bill Gothard, I think, offered it there um, with his school for a while, but it seems like it ought to be more prevalent. Well, I think uh, probably the bottom line is uh, folks do not feel they're they're talented enough to do it. Uh, if they have a just an interest in in the arts at all, uh, people usually think of uh, oil paint and you know the wet media and all that kind of thing. Of course, uh, pastels themselves, which is a finer product of what we use as the uh, as the chalk. Uh, and the illustrators uh, stuff uh, pastels has made a dramatic change in the last 10 years uh, to the point uh, well I subscribe to the pastel journal and uh, it's a magazine that it deals with nothing but uh, pastel or what we call chalk drawings uh, but uh, it's now being considered a, uh, a legitimate art art medium where Thirty years ago, it was a sketching media. You you did a chalk drawing before you did an oil painting or a watercolor. But as far as people doing it, I think it's just um, uh, I don't know that they have uh, a vision for using it as a way to make a living or to have a ministry. Uh, I, I really don't have an answer for you, to tell you the truth, because it I've had folks, like I said, I've had folks that come to my workshop and they just fall in love with it. And I've had other folks uh, at the end of the two days, they they ask if anybody wants some chalk to take home. So, uh, you know, it's the idea of getting the dust and getting your hands dirty and and, uh, that type of thing, too. Well, you mentioned pastels a little bit ago and that you subscribe to a magazine on pastel chalk drawing. I know you do... Uh, other kinds of artwork besides chalk art. Tell us about that. Oh, I've I've worked in pen and ink, and uh, um, I 
I, in fact, I have a piece I have to do now. I'm working in acrylics. I've done uh, back uh, stage backdrops uh, for a number of years uh, in a larger scale. One of the biggest ones I did was uh, about 40 foot long and 22, 23 foot high. And I used to use just regular latex wall paint to paint those. These were things that were used for presentation for a short period of time, and then uh, some, uh, usually I painted over them for the next time they needed a scene. So I've worked I've worked in all the media, but I've always enjoyed. I just being that I started doing chalk drawings when I was a teenager, um, I just got used to using the chalk and uh, pastel as a natural. I still do a lot of commission artwork with pastels. Of course, pastels come in in pencil. You know, they come in pencil form and and uh, different um, uh, hard, medium, soft, all different kinds of uh, materials available. But uh, as I said, it's becoming a very popular medium now, as it was as compared to um, twenty, thirty years ago. You've got some uh, prints, as I recall, mm-hmm. available. Tell me about that. Well, I, uh, in two thousand, I. Uh, was doing a presentation at a little Baptist church about 50 miles from where I live. And uh, uh, previous to going to this one little church for a family night, I uh, was uh, getting ready to uh, do some work and have it reproduced through some of the publishers in in the artist uh, in the um, artist magazine and pastel journal. And uh, so they they needed a um, a three by five slide in order to do the color separations and to do them. Well, of course, they don't even do that. They do everything digital now. But anyhow, I went to this presentation and a man that was uh, an interim pastor at this church, and uh, he said, "Well, I'm just here until they find a pastor." And I, I asked him what he did. He said, "I'm a photographer." And I said, "Well, just the man I wanted to see, uh, what I needed." And I told him what I needed, and he said, "Well, I can make that slide for you, but I can also." Uh, I could also do your prints because I have a, a commercial inkjet printer. So uh, that was about, I think that was ni- uh, 1999 or something like that. Or, uh, no, no, it wasn't that far back. It was uh, 2000, probably 2000. And uh, so he said, bring some stuff up and I'll show you what I do. So uh, that was the beginning of doing uh, prints of my work. And uh, most of the stuff... When I do a commission piece now that I think has uh, has some other interest to people other than the person I'm doing the picture for and the subject matter, I uh, take my original piece to him and he shoots it on a the digital camera and, and uh, prints them on a inkjet printer. How many uh, different pictures do you have available now on, in prints? I've had I have, think I'm up to about 75 images. And if a person wanted to look at them, view them, you know, purchase them, where would they go? Well, I don't have any. Uh, just I carry them with me when I travel in my ministry and and uh, when I'm doing my programs. I don't have. I haven't gone online yet because I um, I, I want to be sure of being able to get. Uh, you know, if there's interest. I don't want to to tap that that source and not have a way to uh, uh, have enough product to uh, satisfy the. So uh, I haven't really gone online with them yet. And you don't have any sort of a catalog that you not offer? Not yet. No, uh, he's going to he's uh, going to try to do a uh, 
uh, he, he's going to try to put together a, a catalog of the stuff that I have, but I just haven't put it together yet. All right, Gary, I want to ask you about your uh, equipment. Uh, I want to know what's under your hood. <laughs> Everybody seems to have a, a different style or kind of easel, and uh, I want you to tell me about yours. I've seen it quite a number of times over the years, where you got it and how long you've been using it and that kind of thing. Well, I've, as I said, my first easel I got out of... Uh, uh, out of um, who did I tell you? <laughs> Uh, George Sweeting, Sweeting yes. uh, years ago, and he had a wooden one, which was rather cumbersome, and I still have the I still have the easel part of that set up somewhere down in my cellar, but uh, I I went to a uh, aluminum uh, style easel, four legged easel that I designed myself, basically based on on uh, George Sweeting's idea, except uh, it's much lighter and. In fact, I've been using this easel for over 40 years with some general maintenance on it. Basically, just has the uh, lighting hood over the top. And, and what's uh, under the hood? What's in there? Um, a 22-inch uh, black light and then um, uh, red, yellow, and blue colored bulbs on rheostats and then uh, two uh, white lights for drawing on the, on the ends. And do you have a spotlight that you can focus in on? Yeah, there? I have a little spotlight. There's a little little spotlight with a small spot. Uh, I forget what the wattage is, uh, 15 watt or something, and I can move around and highlight things. And you built this yourself? Yeah, I built my I built my first diesel. I built when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah. And usually, if you can build it yourself, it works a lot better than you try to have somebody else build it, and they make it way too heavy, right. too cumbersome. I, I remember you telling a story about this particular easel years ago, kind of one of your most embarrassing moments on stage <laughs> when you were performing. Can you share that with us? Yes, I had I had um, had two braces that held uh, basically held it up uh, across the back, and then when you put the drawing board on, which also folds up, it's not a a hard board, but it's a stretched piece of uh, naga hide, and uh, it's like a uh, like material that you you use on the back of a pickup, you know, for the bed cover. And uh, uh, I was uh, <clears throat> was doing a program one night, and somebody was helping me close up shop, and two of the braces got put in another case that I don't always use. And I got to the next night, and all of a sudden I'm sitting up, and I don't have my braces so i grabbed a couple of coat hangers and tried to try to get the set up and it all collapsed in them about halfway through the first picture which went down yeah everything went down <laughs> what did you do? and if it's a, if it can happen it's already happened in in uh, to me and what did you do <laughs> well they uh i was at a program where uh, they were going uh i was going to do two pictures and they had had a business meeting and I guess they were discussing something, so they went back and and uh, I tried to put everything together. And uh, my black light had fallen out and rolled across the uh, floor and didn't break. But uh, I didn't have some of my other lights. But I I finished the program, and towards the end of the second picture, all the lights in the building went out because somebody had run into a, into a light post down on the main road somewhere. So it was probably one of the hardest nights of my career. <laughs> It seems like I remember you telling me, though, that uh, 
the night that the easel collapsed was one of your most uh, spiritually fruitful <laughs> meetings as far as people's responding. Well, uh, no, because it was uh, it was actually a secular setting oh, on that right. particular occasion. I've had a couple other ones where uh, I've had uh, lights. Uh, we were doing a Bible school, and uh, all the lights went out in the church in the whole area, and uh, because of a storm, and some of the fellows. Um, brought their cars up and, and uh, aimed them in through a door, and I was able to finish up because I had a battery uh, had a battery boom box, and I just put my tape in there and kept drawing. Ah. So Impro- you got to be innovative. you got to improvise, don't you? <laughs> got to improvise, yeah. So t- tell me about something really amazing uh, that's happened during one of your programs over the years, something that, you know, you, you continue to remember from the, from the past. I've had different, different. I've had a few occasions where just, um, just the the subject that we chose for the for the program and the response, you know, just the the presence of the uh, spirit of the Lord just uh, came down. It's happened a few times over the years, you know, just things that uh, that uh, I was a part of. I didn't cause it to happen. It, it happened because of God's direction, and um, it's. Uh, Every once in a while, and and just uh, the response of people to what we do, um, especially uh, lots of times I, I go to um, uh, rest homes and and uh, senior centers and and uh, and hospitals and so forth, and you know somebody in their nineties uh, will motion for me to come back after my presentation and say you know somebody 95 years old saying i've never seen anything like this and and uh, you just think uh, that uh, uh using a couple sticks of chalk and some colored lights and and you've uh, gotten through to someone sure with the good news gary i want you to share with me in the last a couple of minutes here uh some of your accomplishments over the years in chalk artistry special honors tv coverage radio newspaper magazine articles that that kind of thing and uh don't uh, worry about appearing to be, uh, you know, brag, bragging on yourself. I, I, I'm, well, we we want to know. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, every once in a while I get a write-up in our local newspaper. I've had that happen a few times over the years, and been on TV a few times. I've I've come to the conclusion I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to have a, a steady uh, deal with television because it, it usually is uh, is more trouble than it's worth, <laughs> and. Um, uh, here in the local area, we had the beginning of a, um, t- a Christian TV station, and I went there a couple times, and uh, it was just uh, it was a little, a little difficult to uh, fit into the time slots, and uh, you know, try to try to do a presentation that that uh, makes sense. You know, they just want a couple minutes of True. something, but um, right. Um, I wouldn't. I, I I enjoy what I the way I'm doing it now. And uh, even to do some DVDs or something would be fine, because that's that's the new way of uh, getting uh, people interested, uh, and uh, even from the training part of it. Do you have any last thoughts, words, or stories you want to share with us before we wrap up? Uh, I can't think of much. We t- we've covered pretty much everything. I uh, I appreciate your uh, I appreciate the fact that. Uh, the Lord brought brought you and I together, and uh, back a few years ago. Yes, and uh, to think that uh, you're off in a completely new new endeavor and new new uh, type of ministry than 
than you were probably even thinking about when the first time you came to Mars. That's true. In 1996 when we met, and that's a whole uh, other story. In fact, I may yeah. post the, uh, there was an article written in the Christian Conjurer magazine uh, back in 2004, I believe, that kind of outlined how we made the transition from uh, upstate New York to Chicago working for the Salvation Army. And uh, I think our story, uh, how we met, and how that uh, came yeah. about, is included in that article. I'll try to uh, I'll try to remember to uh, include that link uh, yeah. to that article in the uh, podcast page. Um, but you know, I do appreciate and want to thank you again for kind of helping uh, give me a vision for how to uh, take my art skills and expand them and use them for chalk. Right. Uh, yes. If we, I know, you know, something else came to my mind. Uh, hasn't happened so much recently, but uh, I, when I started selling chalk, had chalk available, I was getting uh, requests from missionaries overseas. I used to ship a ship a lot of stuff to um, uh, uh, foreign areas, um, New Zealand, uh, uh, England. I shipped some. I shipped a lot of things down to South America, Africa. And it was interesting to get a, a letter or something, and um, somebody who had gone to the mission field were unable to get supplies even. So uh, those were areas that uh, I don't have it happen quite as much anymore, but for a while I had regular customers. and I had somebody in Australia bought things from me for years. And uh, at one point, uh, probably... Twenty years ago, I got a call from a missionary in uh, in um, Southern Africa, and he wanted an easel. He wanted me to build an easel and bought supplies and everything he needed to to do chalk art. And I shipped it. I shipped it by air to him, and I've never heard from him since. So I never know what happened to it. Mm. Well, <laughs> you know, I... those are the things that uh, you know happen as you go along. Yeah, and I've learned too that our um... Our our influence on other people is really un- yeah. untrackable. Right. We cast the seed out there and let it and let it take root where it will. I think uh, I think our mission, our our ministry to children over the years with our summer camps and VBSs. Uh, I know there's quite a few of those probably out there fiddling around with chalk or or even in the ministry because of of our uh, sharing the good news. Sure. Gary, I want to thank you for having such a... Well, thank you for your for your uh, invitation. I hope everybody uh, picks up the chalk and starts chalking. Well, you've had a profound influence on my life, and Good. I want you to know you're truly a partner in our ministry today. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Well, I hope we can do this again sometime in the future, but thanks for all the time you've given me. Enjoy the rest of your Fourth of July weekend, all right? All right. We'll see you. Okay. God bless. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye-bye. Once again, thank you for joining us here on Chalked and Amazed, our very first podcast episode. I hope you'll return, and uh, you can even subscribe. There are links there and on the page to make that an easy process. Uh, we'll see you again next episode. Hey, thanks for listening, and I hope that after the program now, you're a little more chalked and amazed.